This is Power 1 and 2 Digital, the Power Breakfast Show podcast series. Everybody right now caught in the jostle for space in the race trying to keep up the pace by space round cram everybody in a jam jamming 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 for a better life a better way of living in the meantime simple things we forgetting like how to say good morning morning neighbor morning oh good morning neighbors thank you so much AV for our major news of course we have a news brief coming up at uh, eight o'clock. That's all good to see Sean play all his services. Um, of course, let's uh, let's check what's happening traffic-wise. Yeah, usual stuff. Usual stuff. Let's tell you. Valencia stretch, no problems there. A little volume. Of course, heading towards um, Mouska, you've got some traffic. Of course, out of the west. Usual spots. Head down San Fernando. See what's going on in San Fernando. Usual spots again. That's it. All right. And just a FYI, there's no traffic in Tobago. I'm just saying that there's no traffic in Tobago. Time to move. Time to move. All right, gentlemen. Uh, our guest is online, but let me just give you see what other votes I have here for our morning poll. Of course, we ask you: Do you think Trent Tobago's murder rate this year will? be a new record you think it was set a new record i got one more for you guys sexy san fernando says yes all right so that's our pool well our pool this morning was simply whether you thought that the murder rate for this year was going to break all records we had 18 people voting on the poll this morning of the 18 people who chose to vote in the allotted time, 15 of you were of the opinion that yes, the murder rate will break all records this year. Three of you said no, you were hopeful that it would not. So 15 said yes, it is Recording going to break the record. Three of you said no. Of course, you can continue to vote on this poll throughout the day through all programming and we'll give you the final results tomorrow morning. Of course, now we're going to to move into our interview with Dr. Denise Soafat Angus concerning, of course, the um, Innovative Democratic Alliance and their interpretation of what's taking place in Tobago. Good morning, Dr. Soafat Angus. How are you this morning? I think you're still, oh, you're still on mute. Yeah, uh, unmute. Right, there you go. Good morning. morning, Paul. Good morning, Steve. And good morning to the rest of your viewing and listening audience. Yeah, we, have the, best, we have the best face for radio. That's Richard Ragbar Singh. 
Oh, good morning, Richard. How are you good this morning? morning? <laughs> I am good, thank you. All right, thanks for joining us this morning and welcome to the show. Uh, just for those who may be unfamiliar, of course, you were once a part of the PNM and then you found the, founded the idea. Is that correct? Correct. You know, Give us I'm, a bit of your back, your political background, just so we can be clear. Well, first and foremost, I am a medical doctor by training. I trained internationally and um, I also am a pharmacist. And uh, coming into the politics, I was part of the PNM. I am no longer part of that party. And I just trust that so. <laughs> no, no, it's very serious. Mm -hmm. And um, and I am not part of the current administration, the PDP, because there are all rumors out there as to who I'm aligned to. Um, I'm not aligned to any one of them. I'm aligned with the people of Tobago as part of the Innovative Democratic Alliance. What what was the catalyst for your uh, separation from the PNM? You're separating yourself from the PNM. My commitment to um, finding ways to adequately serve the people. Um, like my tagline says, building a better future for all. I've always been committed to that. And anyone will tell you from either side that when I was the Secretary of Community Development and Culture, or even as presiding officer, I served everyone. I did not want to know what party had you wore. I served everyone. And many of those who are actually in uh, on the PDP side, uh, who have interacted with in the past, they will always say that, you know, um, unquestionable, someone who never, um, question their allegiance in terms of, you know, uh, granting them to access to do whatever they needed to do in Tobago. I always treated everyone fairly. Um, but you'll find I'm going back a bit because this is the first time we've had a chance to interact with you in terms of your thoughts on the evolution of the politics and presently in Tobago. And are you surprised or were you surprised by the election result, the 6-6 and then the 14-1? And if so, why so? If not, why not? I wasn't surprised in either place because, you know, you have to be on the ground. You have to know history. And after 20 years of being in politics, the people were tired um, and with, 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 with the politics of the People's National Movement and also uh, the People's National mm -hmm. Movement has lost, has, had lost its way um, with dealing with the people. They had grown so far from the ground that they were no longer listening to the people. And because of that, you then ended up with this 6-6 six, six scenario. And then subsequent to that, again, in the, in the nine months following, they continued not to listen to the people. And so the people said, we sent you a warning. You didn't listen. Well, we're going to definitely uh, make sure you hear it this time. And the people spoke loudly. And now we are at the stage where the PDP has been in, in power in the THA for under a year. And this embroglio arises. Are you surprised by this present uh, conflict within the the assembly? I don't want to see the PDP because that's now kind of almost uh, fait accompli. I am not surprised 
what I perhaps am a little bit um, startled with is the fact that it was so soon. Uh, we saw this happen in the PNM towards the end of their term with Kelvin Charles. Uh, whenever you have a leader uh, that is different from the leadership in the administration and there's no agreement from the start for that, um, no effective agreement and somebody feels as if they were uh, forced into a situation. So we saw it play out with um, Kelvin Charles um, when he was in administration, but that was towards the end, a little bit towards the end of his term. Uh, and at this time, we've seen it playing out in the first nine months. So I think that is where I am surprised that it played out in the first nine months, but not at all surprised that it actually played out. I know you've made some comments that with regard to the issue of the corruption allegations um, leveled at uh, Chief Secretary Farley Augustine by Watson Duke um, in his media conference, his whatever you want to call it, public meeting, whatever. Um, of course, Farley Augustine is quoted in newspapers today as one denying um, vehemently any of those allegations. And he suggested that the the present situation in Tobago is being sponsored, inverted commas, by certain players who are concerned about an audit report on several projects from the last administration, which, which will reveal a lot of corruption, which he says he's going to make public on Thursday. Um, do you have any comments with regard to that? Uh, yes. It is my firm belief that when you have such allegations out there, that you must clear the space. This is what transparency and accountability in public office is about. So whether he has an audit report or not to show what you know um, the previous administration did, that's the previous administration and they will be dealt with. But you are here now and certain allegations have been levied and therefore it is your responsibility to clear the air on it so that you can begin to rebuild the trust from the public in your administration right now with everything that is happening that trust has been significantly eroded and therefore our urging and encouragement is for him to clear the air so that he can begin to again focus on the people's business and he has the trust of the public to work along with him to get things done. Do you think the issue related to the folk performers in New York was significant? Uh, the, 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 the information in the public domain, I mean, there's several bits of information in the public domain. One about whether or not Trish before had, 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 had uh, gone through proper due process and, and accountability and transparency protocols. And two, the model information about this particular trip, whether or not uh, the the group that applied went through the proper processes whether they got monies or not whether they didn't get monies and the imbroglio that that erupted from that forcing or, or seemingly catalyzing this situation between mr duke and mr augustine what are your thoughts on that my thoughts are anytime to be are disenfranchised you have to be concerned they 
concern for us is the fact that you cannot get a clear story as to what really happened. And this is where I hope the minority leader would make his time useful in pursuing this question uh, and getting the clear information as to what really occurred. So this is a question that he needs to ask in the house and get an answer coming back to the house in terms of the whole process, what took place from the first letter or phone call that they said they wanted money to go elsewhere. I made the point on previous stations that, you know, the assembly didn't come into being yesterday. There are certain policies and protocols and procedures that has taken place throughout the years. And, um, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not now. And so they need to find out what are those policies that they can build on them and not go in there as if they are totally new and well and let's explore that a bit the, from, the, from the, ground up the assembly in the past for a number of years decades actually has been plagued by allegations of corruption bid rigging etc so much so that there have been concerns about audited financial statements and transparency and accountability so while Yes, there should be policies and procedure for any institution like that in terms of, of, of financial arrangements and financial transactions. It doesn't seem like the Assembly in the last couple of decades has adhered to what is best practice. Uh, Paul, I would suggest that we not throw the baby with the bathwater. Yeah? And when I was the Secretary of Community Development and Culture, there's nothing that there that could point to any of that. And we had a system of providing for persons who travel because this is culture. Persons go and represent culture all the time. Whether they're representing the THA or they go out there on their own, they are still, you know, representing the culture of our people. And we 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 gave persons allocations in the past. But in giving that allocations, there was an independent committee that would say that would ask the pertinent questions. Would this be a successful venture? Should the people leave to go out there? Where are the rest of the monies coming from? What would four hundred thousand be contributing towards? And you know, all of these things. We heard that four hundred thousand was given to the um the the, the travel agency. But if you really do the maths on that, you we have to it was promised to the travel agency. So there's so, so many bits of information that are conflicting. Correct. that We don't know what is right and what is accurate and what is inaccurate. So we don't know. The last statement was that 400,000 from the TJ, 400,000 was given to the travel agency and not necessarily to the, 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 the travelers themselves. And you, you begs the question, 400,000 towards the travel agency for 27 persons, what type of ticket was purchased? And therefore, should more due diligence have been done in terms of how this money was allocated to ensure that this whole experience would have been a success and not an embarrassment to the assembly and by extension to the people of today. Because of the controversy that's erupted surrounding this 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 excursion, this trip, I'm using that word lightly. Do you think it's a reflection on Mr. Augustine as the chief secretary in any way? 
heavy is the head that wears the crown. And um, he did not put his, uh, his secretary of uh, tourism and culture to answer the questions where I thought the, 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 the grant may have come under because they went out there on a cultural experience. Um, he chose to answer the questions himself. So heavy is the head that wears the crown where, you know, and you have to take responsibility. So you think it does reflect on his leadership? Well, how the whole situation has been handled does respect on the leader does um does reflect on the leadership of the administration. And uh they need to begin looking at policies that they can keep, policies they can release, and be able to uh you know be more effective in what is what they're doing. While all this is going on, the finance minister is to present a budget on Monday. And Tobago has been clamoring for more development, more amenities, better leadership. Uh, how do you think the budget should impact or can impact it, uh, if, if you were a decision maker at that level? Tobago's development moving forward because part of the reason, as you articulated earlier on, for the change from the PNM 66 and then 141 to the PDP is because Tobaconians were clearly unhappy with several uh, areas of governance and delivery. And they continue to be unhappy with how this administration came in and the number of unfounded terminations that they had off the bat from different sectors and the standoff that they continue to have with the contractors. So that is in the space there. Uh, regarding the budget, you know, on one hand, no Trinidad administration, and I say that carefully, I know it's Trinidad and Tobago, but at this point, I want to make the, the distinction. No administration <clears throat> from the government of Trinidad and Tobago in Trinidad needs any Tobago autonomy bill to pass before giving Tobago a greater allocation up to 6.9%. The Dispute Resolution Commission years ago stated that Tobago can get minimum of 4.03% up to 6.9%. No administration has ever done that and has somewhat attempted to imply to the people that only if we pass the autonomy bill, you all could get that much money. And so I'm saying no need to pass an autonomy bill to give Tobago more money. On the other hand, though, it's the government of Trinidad and Tobago. And they will have to ask themselves, given the uncertainty and the instability of the current administration, whether they are willing to put additional resources into the hands of the Tobago House of Assembly right now and question whether that is a reckless move because of everything that has been going on, the upheavals within nine months. Can the administration settle down? Do they get a year to see whether they can settle and then consider giving them a larger amount the following year? But is that those the responsibility are, of the central government? Sorry? 
Is that the responsibility of the central government, though? If it is that if it is that Tobagoonians have elected the representatives to the THG, and there is a four percent to six point two percent, or what what six point two or six point nine percent allocation that's possible, the Trinidad Tobago government could simply say, "Well, we're giving you all six percent. You have elected your people. It's not our responsibility to govern who you elected." They have never done that in the past. Yes, they have never gone past maybe 4.5% uh, somewhere there. Yeah. But the point I'm making is we we are all people and we have to think, we have to put ourselves in the minds of the government right now. The issues they are grappling with. I am not going, to, I, I'm not saying that they should give less. But what I'm saying is I could imagine the issues they are grappling with right now given the state of the administration in Tobago um, and whether they should give more or whether they should give what they are accustomed giving. Because let's and say to be it's, fair, even when, it's not that they have given more in the yeah, past. Even when the PNM was central government and Tobago House of Public Assembly uh, prominent, it, it has not been given. You're right. Yeah. So even when you had PNM in Trinidad, PNM in Tobago, it was not given. So what would be the catalyst for them to be giving more now in the face of the instability that we have happening yeah How because they too will be judged by you know the, the political directorate in trinidad and i mean it, there are just so many scenarios contributing to those decisions and it's only left to see what happens but what we are guaranteed to know is that they cannot well, two years ago, they gave less than 4.03%, and it was not stated by the PNM in Tobago. But it's left to be seen. They should not get more than uh, less than 4.03%. It's left to be seen what the exact percentage will be. Richard, a reference earlier, the issue of Mr. Augustine's uh, statement that he will release an audit or, or some reports of, of an audit, some parts of an audit report on Thursday regarding the past administration's tenure. I don't know if he means the past, the six months, but the six, six, or if it means the PM administration and possible correlations and causations of what is happening or connections to what is happening now. How important is that sort of transparency now and accurate interpretation of that sort of audit? Transparency is always important. Accountability is always important. But what is even more important is how are you doing things differently? How are you doing things differently? And from the allegations out there, things are not being done differently. In fact, it's even more troubling. The number of souls select um tenders that are being distributed at this time so again whilst you call others into account and you want transparency make sure that you are doing things differently at this time to send a message to the people that things are happening differently we're not hearing that message yet people are starting to say you know it looked like we got an exchange is 
can can Mr. Augustine separate himself from Mr. Duke at this stage? They went into the election together. Uh, there's a lot of mudslinging going on between both the both men. One is calling on Judas. The other one is saying he take him to court for uh, libel slander. And they had been joined at the hips politically, leading into the election six six, and then fourteen one. Is it easy for them to separate themselves from each other and the 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 administration of the assembly during that time, in spite of what may come out in the audit? or what the allegations are regarding soul select tendering, et cetera, and the concerns about those issues. I think one of our senior politicians in Trinidad said, um, politics has a morality of its own. Uh, so I can't presume whether the breakup will be a makeup, will be a breakup again, really. Um, that's not my concern. No, I'm talking more in terms of in terms of uh, culpability or, and and accountability. If X is saying Y did and Y is saying X did, they both they were the, the the chief secretary and deputy chief secretary of the assembly. So I don't know that they can separate themselves from whatever has happened, good or bad. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think I think politics. You always have to navigate conflict. What bigger conflict was there between Patrick Manning and, and Dr. Rowley? That was at the highest levels of governance in the country, and it was navigated. So I think when you're in the political arena, you just have to learn to navigate whatever, whatever conflicts arise, and you, you, you hope that you come out politically intact at the end of it. And you're quite correct, Richard. And it takes amount, uh, a certain amount of maturity and experience to be able to do that and you know it is clear that this group you know they need maturity they need some more experience they came in without experience and they need to understand communication 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 is key and you must build relationships to get to where you want to go and all those ingredients you know seem to be you know, less than optimal in this space. There's now, I mean, being very frank, the two gentlemen are quite different personalities. And Mr. Duke had a history in labor and to some extent politics before. Uh, so their perceptions about Mr. Duke out there, Mr. Augustine is pretty new. Bec and their perceptions that I guess would have led to decisions about Mr. Augustine being put up as the chief secretary candidate in, in the election, although Mr. Duke had more experience in politics and the national public arena. What's the opportunity for Fadi Augustine here, if any at all? From what you explained, I mean, you're suggesting that it is naivety of Fadi Augustine that got him there. That no, I'm suggesting that the, 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 the most gentlemen have different public perceptions at this time. They right. have different public personas at this time. Um, you know, it's really hard to say for me at this point. And uh, we just have to wait and see uh, how uh, the Chief Secretary grows from this um, and whether he grows into a level of maturity such that he understands, appreciates, and respects 
um, the people around him. You know, the idea has been calling for a new type of democracy. And we perhaps, you know, call it one that engenders what we call polite politics. Polite politics and one that is nurturing of our people. <clears throat> what is, what so is polite it's about, politics? It's about good governance, devoid of this political posturing and petty politics. Let's focus on good governance. You know, the uh, having a management process driven by performance and production and not by personalities. We're getting too much into the personalities and not focus on the management of the people. It has to be people-centered. And so the standoff that they have created coming in, where you have terminated European workers, CPEP workers, contract workers, just because they were part of the last administration, does not come because the PDP did not get into office by just PDP votes. PNM people and unaligned people voted for them to get in. And when you come in and you do these series of terminations, it doesn't augur well for the administration, especially in a post-COVID recovery period when we're supposed to be building and stimulating the, 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 um, the recovery of the economy. It has caused uncertainty. Added to that, the standoff with our contractors who are responsible for staff and families of staff you know it, it it really has caused a bit of a conundrum in tobago where the tobago economy is, is concerned in fact the private sector is suffering because people's buying power it's not there as 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 it should be and they are even in crisis what has now happened is the um and all this has been done under guise of restructuring the THA, but we all know and what this has done is sent the banks now into more speculations as to whether they can trust to give loans to people who are on contract, big three-year contract, where mm -hmm. they would have done it readily before. You know, they're speculating as to whether these people may be fired or terminated right away. And also to the private sector, they're not as flexible with giving private sector loans as in the past because of the uncertainty within the Tobago economy. And so we need our politicians to be able to, to be their word. Because on one hand, in fact, the budget last last time, um, when they read the budget in the House, um, the, 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 the THA before they sent it to Trinidad, Fali said he was going to be paying the contractors. Weeks later, up until now, it has not been done, you know, and it, it, it's really, we need to respect ourselves as human beings. We need to respect that everybody brings something to the table and no one group has to be disenfranchised. <clears throat> I am not saying that you, you, you have to do an audit, but then again, you have not given them the money's due and you have not given them the opportunity to re-engage under your terms to earn more money. Because there are also the allegations of a lot of Trinidad contractors from Trinidad being given preference over the Tobago contractors. And it cannot continue that way. The economy will crash. 
if they don't begin adjusting their thinking and their actions around this. We, it's time that we as people, as politicians, begin understanding that term, building a better future for all and not just a few. The idea contested the last election in all, in all possible areas? We tested in uh, 13. 13. <clears throat> and what was your success rate? The success rate for a new party coming in in less than uh, six months going to elections, very good. We got an okay. average of mean? 30. We got an average of 30, um, 30 votes in every constituency that we, we entered. What, what, what was for those who have been overall? out there before us, we got even more than they have. What, what was that percentage in terms of the overall votes? Um, I couldn't tell you the percentage in the overall votes right off the bat right now. Um, but for us, uh, evaluating the fact, like I said, we came in in, and in in six months or less, we contested the elections mm. and got um, actually got votes significant Moreover, persons who have been out there for years um, and contested many other elections before. So, so you got so, more votes than the <clears throat> candidates? No, 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 no. Um, there were other um, independents that were out there for years, and we were able to garner more votes than them in their communities where they have been operating. The line of questioning is in terms of viability of the idea moving forward because the PDP is also a relatively new party and was able to topple the quote-unquote mighty PNM in Tobago. So I'm asking it in the context of the viability of the IDA as an op as an option for Tobagonians moving forward. Of course, the IDA is a significant option for people, for, for Tobagonians going forward because, you know, we speak to what Tobagonians want at this point. Tobagonians want a party that is committed to the people of Tobago and will not be, <coughs> excuse me, and will not be distracted, so to speak, by the national politics. Tobagoans, they're looking for, it is time they get some rest because you had the, 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 the this whole thing with the, um, the PNM coming out and the fight that they had within their last year, you have this whole fight coming up within the, 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 this year of the of the of the PDP, and I think Tobagonians are ready for a rest. We have had what election two 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 elections or three elections within within a year, two elections within a year. It's time for rest, and they are looking for stability. They are looking, you know, and and when we talk about the, the new democracy. These are the things Tobagonians are looking for. Many of them say they are very embarrassed on both sides with what occurred in the PNM and now what has occurred in the PDP. And they're looking for some nurturing. They're looking for an area where they could rest, you know, for the next, you know, few years and don't have to be going back to election every year, every year. So, yes. The idea offers to be Goonians, the type of politics they need right now, mature mm -hmm. politics, nurturing politics, and politics sensitive to their needs 
and sensitive to what it takes to build an economy. What should the next budget yield? I know you, you earlier indicated there's nothing stopping the, the government from allocating you over 6% to the assembly. But what should that be used for? Should it be done? But in, in terms of what do you think are the burning issues in Tobago at this time? The burning issues is, re, is building a, a, a structure or facility that can generate um, income for Tobago. The agricultural sector is something they need to focus on. They need to ensure that our farmers, are, they have a space for their export. They need to um, determine what that export should be and therefore gear their distribution of lands towards farmers who can produce the item that they consider to be Tobago's export. When you, when you say export, right now Trinidad and Tobago has over $5 billion food import, but why should we be focusing on export as opposed to feeding ourselves? Well, you feed yourself first, that's given. But so we're not feed feeding ourselves first. Right now, we, right now we're spending over five, almost $6 billion on feeding ourselves. Why are you proposing that we Tobago focus on exports? That's a choice, isn't it? Whether we, we, we import in $5 billion, that's a choice. Yeah? Well, it's a choice because in some instances, it's to me luxury spending, but in some instances, it's, it's basic stuff that we can grow right here in Trinidad or Tobago or Trinidad and Tobago. So should we be focusing on exports in Tobago's arable lands, using Tobago's arable lands, or should we be focusing on feeding Tobagonians and, and Trinidadians and focusing on providing for the hotels in Tobago? food stuff and produce that they so, can use as opposed <clears throat> to importing stuff right when i talk about export from tobago i am not excluding trinidad we're talking i mean that has been one of our biggest markets generations ago that has dropped off now and so when i speak to export from tobago it's whatever leaves tobago shores and goes elsewhere so our largest market will be trinidad you know for instance why aren't we growing um you know, body rearing sheep in large enough amounts that we can satisfy the markets, you know. But again, that assessment has to be done. And there is um, enrollment of the farmers for them to understand where you're going with it and you implement it. You know, I, I applaud them for the cassava flour. I think it's uh, mm -hmm. uh, 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 some manufacturing they're doing. But you, you bring in the manufacturing. Where is the feeder program? Are you going to buy cassava? Because everyone is aware that we don't have enough cassava growers on the island. So where are you getting the cassava from to drive this activity? Or is it going to be another activity that it comes in, you get a few uh, uh, packages of flour out, and then it kind of falls off because you did not plan properly in terms of where are we getting it from consistently and in the meantime if you're bringing in cassava flour from uh, cassava as a rope um, product from elsewhere how are you then supporting your local farmers to eventually provide the cassava you need agriculture is one way that? what about tourism do you think mm -hmm. the the present construct is able to support a sustainable, competitive tourism product. Because, I mean, Jamaica just posted their biggest ever summer in their history. Barbados is 
championing ahead with their tourism because that's what they make their money from. So they're serious about it. Are we serious about tourism in terms of infrastructure and policy and, and processes? That takes a, a, a real re-look at that whole tourism um, economy we have. I mean, we are attempting to compete with two islands that are known for their service in the tourism industry. And therefore, it is something that this administration need, needs, to, um, needs to pay attention to. A lot of research and auditing has to be done on our current tourism um, package and to understand how can we do it differently so that we become a unique product offering and not just one of the others that have already been established in that area. I know that Tobago had begun to um, uh, get some awards, but awards are not enough in terms of you know the the areas that you have that you can present the experience where you have your people involved, your customer service, and your support for your uh, your 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 guest houses and those other areas. I think that needs to be more, it needs to be more structured, and it's only then that we can begin to compete again in those markets. And of course, there has to be synergy between your agricultural sector and your tourism sector in terms of feeding the people. Is it that you, you don't think the governance issues in Tobago and the, the self-governance issues should be a priority and they should focus on these other areas or is it a simultaneous? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't catch your question. The, the issue of internal self-governance in Tobago, is that is that a priority for the IDA and yourself? Of course it is a priority for the IDA. Um, it is time. Uh, it is time. And, you know, as much as we feel embarrassed with what is happening in the Tobago House of Assembly right now, I believe that it is a test to show us the strength and the weaknesses in the Tobago House of Assembly Act so we know how we can better improve the act and ensure that it is not um, a product that we have that we are being given that takes us back in time. All right, uh, Dr. Soyafat Angus, thank you for being with us this morning. We appreciate your time. We hope you won't be a stranger. Absolutely not, Paul. Thank you for having me. Um, I appreciated the discussion this morning. Well, we appreciate you being with us this morning. Thank you so much and have a great safety. Yes, okay. thank you. Thanks. All right, all the best. Bye -bye. Right, that was Dr. Denise Soyafatangas, who is the political leader of the IDA, uh, talking about issues related to Tobago, including the present imbroglio between the Chief Secretary and the leader of the PDP, and also other uh, governance and issues related to the development of Sister Isle Tobago. Uh, let me see how it goes. I think this is going to be interesting. They went Pali Augustine releases the information from this report that he says may show correlation and or causality of what's happening now. I still don't understand how it's related, but we'll see. Politics is strange like that. Yeah, we're no kidding, huh? You know, and 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 uh, the points that Dr. Sawyer Fatang has brought up about 
and it's, it keeps coming up over and over these contractual arrangements or these contractual allocations in the last couple of months that seem to have not been as open to Tobagonians as Tobagonians would have liked. It seems to be something that's coming up over and over and over that maybe Mr. Augusta needs to address in the public domain as to the validity of those suggestions. And if so, why were those done? Uh, if, if Tobagonians had an equal chance and possibility in terms of getting some of those contracts, because Tobago already is such a small market for contracts to be going to Trinidadians, if that is the case, because I don't know that's the case. That's the suggestion by many, including Watson Duke, that a lot of the contracts went to Trinidad contractors as opposed to Tobagonian contractors. Is it that they didn't have the capacity? So, so they went in a, a sort of select process? And if so, if not, why didn't why wasn't capacity uh, attempted to be built in some way? Uh, collaboration between Trinidad and Tobago contractors so that they build capacity and Tobago contractors get it next time around or something. But we don't have any information on it at all. So we really just, as we say, speculating wildly as to that, how that progresses. And 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 the according to Mrs. So Dr. Sorry Fatali, the issues related to other trips and this trip have not been clarified, you know, in a real meaningful way. I mean, I think the only person who can really provide information in a chronological, empirical order is Mr. Augustine. As the Chief Secretary as to when they applied, I know there was some information in, in the media, but when they applied, did they get the money? What was approved? Were there checks and balance systems in place for transparency and accountability? Uh, how much of the money that they applied for did they get? What was it used for if it was used? Because Dr. Sorifan Angus is saying $400,000 was allocated to the travel agency. That's not the information I saw in the public domain. You understand? Yeah. So there's so much conflicting information about that situation that I think there needs to be some clarity from the chief secretary on it. So the public knows what happened, what didn't happen, why it happened, what fell short. What were the checks and balances? What were the processes used, etc., in terms of that particular situation? And others that may fall into the same sphere of question. Yeah. Well, yeah. How many people in Tobago? 60,000? 60, 60, 50, 60, somewhere in that. Somewhere there. They go marching up with people in that. Huh? Turn up people in that. And if, if the assembly is to run like a regional population, is a stretch. Yeah, but, but how difficult is it to govern 60,000 people? But to the Purapiakos is a stretch that, that, um, that has several, you know, towns yeah. and villages. Yeah, mm -hmm. agreed. But I mean, 60,000 people. 60,000 people. Can't provide and govern 60,000 people. I mean, it's not. In, um, apart from the central government's input, but still. Woo. Where are we going? Eight o'clock. I guess she's not there yet. Okay. Hmm. Richard, sing a song, please. Sing. Summertime And the living is easy Fish are jumping. Evie is here. Evie is here. Oh, let's go to Evie. Thank you for choosing Power 2 Digital. 
Listen every weekday for our live show starting at 6 a.m. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital.